What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very exciting episode of Behind the Timeline. Um, I am Lindsay. I'm here with my co-host, Scott, and Hello. we have our guest, Andrew, with us today, which we're super excited about. Yeah. Hello. Hi. First guest ever. It's very exciting. And yeah. we're here to talk about 1977's Rankin and Bass, The Hobbit, which is mm. objectively bad, but also <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't know how to react so I just I tried not to make a noise and I failed. <laughs> I have complex feelings. Yeah, like <laughs> that's why we'll get a lot into going it. on in my head right now. Yeah, it was it was rough, man. <laughs> Definitely a thing, I'll tell you that much. It was a movie, 100% this was a movie and I I think right off the bat before we even kind of do our timeline talk, I want to explain to to you guys and to listeners the reason that I don't hate this. Yes, because I'm a huge... well, because this, is, yeah, this is different for you than like. It is weirdly different else. for me in a really specific way. So when I was a kid, when I was in maybe first or second grade, I was digging through my mom's bookshelf, and I found this giant copy of The Hobbit, and it was like twelve by twelve. Like this thing is huge, fully illustrated, massive hardcover, and it is an unabridged full copy of The Hobbit, but it's complete with the illustrations from the 1977 Rankin and Bass film. And wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the, the foot, the images from the movie came directly from this book. No, 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 no. The images in this book came directly from this movie. Oh God. Okay. All right. That's I, for like a split second. I was about to be like, okay, that's, that's, it, it kind of like saved it a little bit, but no. Okay. I'm sorry. But then it just made it worse. Yeah. It did kind of just make it worse. <laughs> it does. Right. So it's, well, yeah. And, and because the images in this movie, for those who have not seen it are fucking weird and not good. And this was my first introduction into Tolkien and the legendarium, but in like, despite it being bad, my first or second grade self was like, what the fuck is this? I have to know more. What the fuck do you mean you're a hobbit? Like, what is this Gollum dude? Like the <laughs> illustrations of Gollum. Like I, and it was, and also how good the story is, right? So I picked this up of my own accord and started reading it. And this is my introduction to these characters. And I was so absorbed into this story. And I was like skipping recess and teachers were coming up to me all concerned. And they're like, are you okay? Did you have a fight with your friends? Why aren't you out at recess? And I was like, no, I'm, have you seen this? Like, do you not know this book? Like, do you know you... what this is? Yeah, I'm like, have you heard about this? Have you seen have this? Have you read the holy text? Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, the Hobbit. And I'm like, yeah, the fucking Hobbit. I'm like, how could... why are you at recess? Like, if you know about this. Like, yes. And I was so into it. And then my my Mr. Feeney, um, who was my teacher, Gary, who was my teacher from fourth through eighth grade, and who I love, um, came up to me while all these other teachers were worried and Gary came up to me and he just sort of appeared from behind me and he goes, do you, do you like that? And I was like, yeah, I like that a lot. I like it a lot, a lot. Do you know this? You heard about this? <laughs> and Gary goes, all right, well, come to me when you're ready for the Lord of the Rings. And he just disappeared like Batman behind me into the darkness. <laughs> like he just, and, uh, and I, and I loved him so much and still do it. He, set me up for that and i had a lot of teachers who loved this who are listening now who i love and shout out to chris gunner and gary um who harbored this obsession when i was really young but Hell this yeah. was my intro this was to the thing that i love the most which is tolkien and 
it all comes from these illustrations. So when I watch this movie, it's really hard to separate from that, even though it's objectively awful. So that's no, my preface. I would, yeah. I would imagine coming into it like that, I would imagine it's very difficult to to create any kind of separation like that. Cause that's, that's a huge part of like who you are. Like that's a major pillar of your personality. Absolutely. A hundred percent of where in my brain, like it's inside out the illustrations from this fucking crazy film oh, is a okay. whole Island of personality is yeah. the Rankin and Bass Hobbit. See, I feel really bad because like that was not my experience with any of the Lord of the Rings lore or anything i i wasn't introduced to lord of the rings until i was like 11 when the fucking first movie came out and then i was like oh my god this is actually pretty fucking dope. like obviously i'd heard about it but i'd never read the books because i couldn't fathom that um but i i just it wasn't a thing like my aunt read uh the chronicles of narnia to me she read fucking um you know other books that I can't remember. Sorry. <laughs> like, I, wow. The Hobbit was never around. But well, I just because I remember, like, I, it was one of my favorite things about spending the night at her house. Shout out, Aunt Jamie. I love you. Um, was she, we would take a bath and then we would lay down in her bed and she would read us a chapter of the Chronicles of Narnia or The Lion, the Wish, and the Wardrobe. And she's also the one that showed that. me Muppet Christmas Carol. It was fucking dope. Yes. Yep. <laughs> One of our great shared loves. So when did you I read know. it for the, for the first time? Uh, I was actually about 29 when I read wow. it. Wow. I know. Okay. That's a separate conversation we're going to have. Holy yeah. Shit. Something needs to be said about that. Dude, I know. I'm sorry. What? I just like, so it was, by the time I was 29, it was in my, I need to do something about repairing Star Wars phase. So I wasn't focused on like anything else. I was like, holy shit. What has Disney done to Star Wars? And then I went to Barnes and Noble one day and I was like, yo, that's a fucking dope looking book. And I got that green leather bound special edition of the Hobbit that you have. Uh-huh. And I was like, I might as well fucking read this now. And I read it and I was like, first of all, there's so much in here that I don't need. And I want you to know, I did put it down quite often. I was like, this is not fucking interesting to me. Well, it's a kid's story and you're like no no it was yeah, like i don't give a sense. shit about the 15 different kinds of cheeses in bilbo's cl- uh, fucking pantry and we d- i did not need three pages to tell me about all the dust on his table it was it was just stuff like that and then like tom bombadil really pissed me off um, yeah tolkien can be a little uh <laughs> difficult sometimes when it comes yeah. to the descriptions it was. It was rough, man. You're gonna hate the Wheel of Time, honest to fucking god. No, it? please don't tell me that. Please don't tell me that. The Wheel of Time is to clothes what George R. R. Martin is to food. Oh God. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Have you read the Wheel of Time, Andrew? I've only read part of one. I didn't read the whole thing. I kind of ran into the same problem that I ran into. Uh, with the Lord of the Rings, uh, partly it's it's kind of the same thing. I'm not a big fan of that specific kind of magic and that specific kind of system, but I've heard a lot about it and I've watched some of the, um, I guess, videos, lore you know, detailing. Yeah, lore explanations. That's what I was going for. Thankfully, they weren't like the three and a half hour long introduction oh into Warhammer I watched once. That's oh a whole God. separate video, dude. That yeah, whole <laughs> that is a episode. nightmare. I've spent like a hundred hours on that, but yeah, keep going. It's a separate life. No, it yeah, is. No um, but yeah, I wanna I wanna get into this movie because I have a fuckload of questions. Because 
you guys are my experts in this. Like, just like when Lindsay had a bunch of questions for me with Star Wars, I'm very excited to ask a bunch of these questions because that's the thing. Like, I do love this lore and I do really love the world that Tolkien created over the last, what, 80 years? It, it well, in, I mean, I know. Would it be he known? hasn't been created? No, Obviously, I get that. Tolkien's dead. I'm like, but, but yeah, like for the world that, that he built, that is, and yeah. that Christopher helped crystallize for us, right? Right. And yeah. I mean, like you guys know me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always down for a villain and this, this entire like series has some amazing villains. Some of and the best in the world. Seriously. Some of the best that I've ever, I've ever like learned about or read about. I love the fucking witch King of Angmar. I love the Balrogs. Like, My and I want to know more about, I know dude, I want to know more about them, but I'm also like a completionist, so I want to know where everything started, and I feel like that's what The Hobbit was supposed to be before The Silmarillion came out. Yeah, hold on. I should probably explain why I'm even here. <laughs> yeah, why are you Okay. Okay, so my introduction into The Lord of the Rings was, well, the expanded universe, I guess, so we'll start with The Hobbit. But my introduction to The Hobbit was like kind of weird, because I had this like kind of eccentric great aunt who lived on the top of this like hill way out in the desert in, um, yeah, yeah, no, just like way out in the middle of nowhere, top of the hill in the desert, surrounded by saguaro (laughs) cactuses, just like she always was wearing turquoise and like believed in the power of crystals and stuff. It's kind of a weird lady, but I, you know, I loved her. She was my great aunt. And, um, we would go out and visit her and she would always give us like random stuff. It wasn't always the same thing. It's not like it would always be a book. It was just like, she just hand me some random thing and I'd be like, okay, okay. But no, she, uh, we went out there, I think I was like 10 and she gave me a a copy of the Hobbit and it was, and uh, I've always been a really voracious reader and I was at the time as well. And I don't know, I got my hands on it. And I started it when I was there. And I remember by the time we got back the next day, I had finished it and I just, I just powered through it. And it was like, I mean, it, it it was amazing. I remember just cause I'd never really gotten into fantasy before that. Like, I mean, I, I had heard some of the, you know, I think by that point I had maybe heard a little bit of Harry Potter and I had, you know, oh, gotten shit. into okay, a so few. Not well. I yeah. don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I, Harry Potter because I. Well, I don't know. I'm like. I was I was young, but I I have problems with time frames because of unrelated issues to this. But I I have yeah. problems with time frames. So you, you got to give me a break on on. No, that's no, totally, on ages. totally. So it's in regards to how old I was. I'm not 100 percent sure. I just know I was really young because she died yeah. when I was like. 14 so like it had to have been oh okay that. yeah it would have either way so, it would have still been around that time yeah yeah so i got my hands in the book i powered through it i was like oh my god this is you know fucking incredible like this is you know next level so i <laughs> so i started the lord of the rings and then i was like wow this is very different uh <laughs> i don't know how i feel about this and then i kind of just forgot about it for a while and then uh, the movies came out, and it mm. was just like, okay, hold on. I got to double down this shit. So I went through The Lord of the Rings, and then I was volunteering for a library at the time, and I got my hands on a copy of The Silmarillion, and 
dude, that was just a game changer, which is so weird to say because I got bored of the Lord of the Rings, but the Silmarillion was like, which is, I think objectively we can all say it's difficult to read. Oh yeah. absolutely. But to me, I was like sitting there at the library with like a notebook out, like full on writing down notes about this, like whole world and about like, you know, the timeline of the elves and the first age and you know, the Balrogs and like all this kind of history. And I'm a Balrog fanatic. I think this will come out in the future, but like, and like the story of the song of creation, Arrow Luvatar and you know, the Valar and the Maiar. And I was just like, the world to me is what really drew me in. It wasn't so much the story of the Lord of the Rings. It was the world of the Lord of the Rings. That's what really got me. And so, you know, here we are, you know, however many years later, like 15 years later or something, God, I'm old, but, and I'm just like, I have filled with all these random knowledge about the Lord of the Rings. And I just have this like obsessive love for the world. Like, so I came about the Lord of the Rings in a really weird way. I think like kind of just not the same way as everybody else. Would you say like, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Lindsay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's like with, I think what we share in our experiences is that like when something like this, like when the thing that you love has you, whether it's star Wars or Tolkien or Harry Potter or whatever, you know, it like the Hobbit had you, you read that bitch in a day. You know what I mean? Like you, even if the Lord of the Rings didn't turn out to be your favorite thing in the legendarium, like it had you from the beginning. And then when you got in, when you saw the Silmarillion, like it had you again. And I, I totally experience the same thing just sort of in order right (laughs) yeah i I don't know i don't know what happened because like even now i'm not a huge fan of reading the books but god the the just the every time i find out some new thing about the lord of the rings mythos i'm i am ever more intrigued it is i have yet to find out a new thing like whether it be the extended readings or his letters or the Silmarillion or just finding out some new thing or realizing some new thing. Like this will come out later, but I have this full on like 20 minute rant in about the, the brief exchange of text. Well, not text in the book, but the conversation conversation in the Lord of the Rings in the fellowship between the Balrog and Gandalf. And in that like brief little, like I think the exchange is only a few pages, but that brief little exchange and just the exchange of words alone, I could rant about for an hour and a half. Like there's so much story behind that. It's, I mean, you're really encompassing something that I keep saying to Scott and I think you're like making better sense of it. And I keep telling Scott, like the cool thing about the Silmarillion is like what actually is happening. Like when you can get, it's kind of like Shakespeare, when you can get through how dense the language is to really hear what they're saying. Right. Holy fucking shit. What? Like the stuff that happens in the Lord's just The more you realize, the crazier it gets too. And there's like, dude, there are a few unanswered questions that I just sit awake and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? And it's just like, I'll look it up and I can't find anything. And I'm just like, I got to break out the text. I got to find something. And it's just, dude, I love it. I absolutely love it. Magic system allows for that, right? Yeah. But anyway, we need to get into this. What, what, uh, yeah, I because I do have questions and that's the thing. I do only, before we go, I do have one question for Andrew though, because of his story. 
Would you say that The Hobbit is what got you into high fantasy? High fantasy, yes. Um, in regards to just fantasy in general, like I will say this: when it comes to like being a nerd, I'm a nerd of many things, but I I'd say my number one thing is Harry Potter. Like I have an encyclopedic true. knowledge yes. of Harry Potter, but yep. in regards to high fantasy, it was absolutely The Hobbit. Like I mean, I had never read anything like it before that. It, it is it is really what drove that home for me. That like holy crap, this is like. And again, I, I'm not going to rant about this, but again, like even looking back, like there can be an argument that Tolkien invented like high fantasy, like not 100%. Re- like I high totally fantasy, it. like it is the the modern concept of it. I mean, the the idea we have of elves as we think of them of is Tolkien. Yeah, like it's 100%. it's just and it, it's incredible. He- he drew on like Beowulf, for instance. Smaug and the Hobbit is right, very yeah. much the dragon in Beowulf. And right. Tolkien actually like translated Beowulf. There is a Tolkien version of Beowulf that you can get. Like it's he studied Beowulf extensively. So yeah, it's but modern fantasy, absolutely. Um, and he took from, you know, he created the goal in in Tolkien's lore was to create a like a folklore of great britain yeah like, he what the is guy, what are their origin stories right what are their the guy changed sick. i did not know that no That's dude the, the guy literally changed the plural of dwarfs, dwarfs. to yeah. dwarves we talked yeah. about yeah. that we, talked about it's it's insane. we had a whole issue with that at snow white because our spell check was going ballistic dude it kept fucking yelling at me when i was trying to spell the title and i was like what the fuck is this yeah, I was like, it's spelt with a V. Thank you very much. Like, no, I so okay. I let's let's get into this. So yeah. it is once again 1977, take four, the last. Yep. I'm gonna spend zero time here. Um, I'm not even gonna, I'm just gonna keep us moving. That's yeah, it. We know no, what happened fine. in 77. I want to yeah. go to Hobbiton. None of us have been to Hobbiton. That's the park comment. Obviously, there's sequels. This that's I don't know why we even still have that. Exactly. And that's it. And that's that we're done with talking about what happened in 1977. Now, the way that we're going to kind of tackle this is um, Scott's going to ask us some questions grouped into segments and Andrew and I are going to rant about The Hobbit. Yes, please. We'll do. try to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> yeah. No, this I just like, it, well, that's the plan as it has been laid out. Whether we follow that plan or get lost in Merkwood is a completely different story. Fuck you yeah. guys. I'm I love you right now. Yeah. <laughs> Your job, Scott, is to like try to mediate because if not, no, this is dude, just gonna get so out of hand. This is the problem, though. Is like I have I have a lore like insatiability. So like the more you guys tell me, I'm gonna be like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, how do we do that? And we're gonna be fucking be here all night. And Lizzie and I are gonna be able to go to work tomorrow. Like, uh, no shit, it's <laughs> late right now, and I do have we do have to work tomorrow. But you know what? Okay, you know what's more important to me than work? The Hobbit. The Hobbit. By a lot. By a lot. Okay. So, so well, if, if I'm going to be about nice. This crazy movie. And also, I will also say before we even really dive in here that I am stoked to have the opportunity. Like, we're going to talk about the movie and the bones of this story. Yeah. We are going to do the live actions, and there is mm-hmm. a whole other slew of bullshit to discuss there. So, this God is a great us. time. See, and that's, that's what yeah. I know. So, like, I remember the stuff from the movie. So, I'm really excited to, when we get there, to know. But I feel like I need to tackle the lowest hanging fruit of this movie first. And that is just for all of the other movies and all the other animated films that we've seen up to this point, this movie looks like 
fucking trash. I'm sorry, but it does. Half of it looks like it was animated by Trey Parker and Matt Stone's grandfathers because <laughs> it just like it literally just looks like fucking paper cutouts of them moving. It and then the other does half look is like, like South Park. Like it and, does. It's so weird. Kind of is like South Park loved this movie as they demonstrated did. by Lemmy Winks. Lemmy Winks using all the music from this movie, which is God. fucking awesome. Yeah, that's why that's Sparrow Pence. Oh God! I mean, like I haven't. So to clarify, I have not seen this either. So this is this is the first time in. Well, I have, but it's in my adult life. It's the first yeah. time I've seen it. I, I had never seen it, this like, period. I think I saw it years and years ago, like a couple times, but this is the first time in my adult life I've rewatched it. Right. And right. if I had to summarize it, the only thing I can come up with is Nightmare Fuel. Yeah. I mean, like dude. Bilbo's hands. Oh my God. Like, I, I was literally staring at his hands and I, I, now given I'm a fully grown adult and I was looking at his hands and I was like, oh God, <laughs> if I saw those come up over my yeah. bed, like I, I don't know what I do. I'd probably like, cry. Dude, Dude, like your their, their faces are so deep. They are. It she, like well. So Andrew and I watched this together. We were both. I rented it on uh, Amazon. <laughs> I wish I could have uh, been Prime. with you guys. Dude, I was. We were. Oh my god. There's so many parts where I was just laughing my ass off because shit like just does not add up. No, but... it's crazy. It is just there are there are things where that are just madness. The animation is crazy. It's just. Dude. It, I, I don't know how I feel. Fucking nowhere, and then for no reason at all. And this is like the main thing of the animation that I have a problem with is it's like it's super imposed into the scene. So, you know, he's animated. So, you know, that the background is just painted and not, it's not going to do anything. And then for fucking no reason at all, we just get this unobtrusive close up of Gandalf's face with all this oh lightning going on around him. And I'm oh like, what is God. happening? Is he trying Dude. to scare him? Dude, if I had watched that as like a ten-year-old, I would have oh, cried. Dude, I would have, I would have like, shit my sister's pants and fucking ran the other way. Like, hand off the terrifying dude for real. But you know what though? Your guy's nightmare fuel is my pillar of personality. Fucking it so is. weirdly, but objectively, you're right. It's a dumpster fire. It looks ridiculous, and it okay. Here's the the best way I can like explain this to listeners who haven't seen this movie. The animation in this movie is as inaccurate to the book and to Tolkien's vision as the fucking live action is as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not good. <laughs> it is like, I mean, it. I don't want to make any bold claims here, but it might be the worst animation I've seen outside of like YouTube or Newgrounds. Oh my God. Like it, it actually, is, I would have to so bad. That. Yeah, it, it is, is probably bad. the worst thing I've ever seen. And you know what it it's is? It's not even, dude, it's not even the backgrounds or anything. Like, there, it, no, there are well-painted backgrounds. There are well-detailed stuff. It's just the way things move, it kind of, I think for me, hits that, like, kind of uncanny valley thing. So it's just, it's it's weird, and it's uncomfortable, and things don't look right. And especially for, like, a Tolkien nerd, and you see things, and you're like, no, that's wrong. What what is that? That's wrong. Yeah. That's I don't want that in the house. In it's just movie. it's not right. Like not even how badly it's drawn, but like what it looks like. Like the well, elves. Like it's just nothing. Yeah, like the wood elves. Describe. My God. It's oh my ridiculous. God. Dude. And but you know what I will say because I, I noticed this too because I haven't. It's not like I have seen this movie since I rented it at Blockbuster in nineteen ninety something. You know what I Damn, mean? And that's an old like, ass sentence. 
Yeah, I know. Like, I didn't, like, don't get it twisted. This movie means fucking nothing to me. It's the book. <laughs> like, and I said, the book, I'm looking at it right now on my bookshelf. Like, I still have that copy of The Hobbit. Like, that is Oh, my fuck Hobbit. yeah, dude. You should never get rid of that. I still have my original never. Star Wars VHSs. Yeah, never. And um, it... It, the the illustrations in the book actually look a lot better than the animated execution, which is fucking shocking. And like, if you saw on my Instagram at LCW twenty two, there's I put up pictures that have something. Yeah, some of the stuff I saw the that. Book. Like, it looks fucking cool, right? Like the it stills does. It look good. Yeah, yeah, the book really look good. good. <laughs> so, yeah, and I I feel like that's right though. Like, because I feel like if you took any like, well, not any. Uh, let me clarify. If you took some of the like individual illustrations and you just put those in a book and I've never seen this book. So I, I mean, I don't know what the like illustrations look like, but I feel like if you took individual stills, it would be fine. It's just when everything moves together. Yeah. It really is just like, I seriously, the uncanny Valley is the best thing I could think of. It triggers something weird. And it's like, this is wrong. Like this, this looks freaky. It you know what it is too it the way things were animated I literally couldn't figure out who was who no seriously so like there's a, the perfect moment for me to to uh, emphasize that is so there's this moment where all the dwarves show up right and it's Gandalf and he's like talking and they all show up in the background and at one point they're each popping up individually and then two of them pop up and they're wearing blue and for half a second I was like are those the blue wizards like what the Dude, hell are I, they doing yeah, here I literally if it hadn't been for the dwarves showing up like then I I actually would have thought that yeah it, I was so confused for like half a second and then my you know three brain cells rubbed together and I was like oh wait a minute no those are dwarves but still like it was it's just it's really confusing i think is is part of it i don't know well so here's the other thing that really kind of like baffled me about the whole essentially like basically the whole process why are part of their faces so detailed but then like the the rest of them just looks not detailed at all like they have these weird fucking wrinkles and lines and shit on their faces. And I I don't know. I can't, I think they were going for some degree of fantasy, but also some degree of, uh, realism. So you ended up in a situation where you have like, I'm going to go back to the hands, right? So you've got Bilbo's hands and uh, again, like literal nightmare fuel, just, I don't know why, but they're terrifying. And they, they look some degree of accurate in a sense, but it doesn't fit. And I think that's the problem. And that's why I keep going back to the uncanny Valley, because you have this idea of things that look kind of human, but something's wrong. And I think that's what kept triggering in my brain was this idea that like, I couldn't really settle into the story because I kept thinking this is wrong. Something's weird. Yeah. This is just, it's, it's super uncomfortable. And again, I, I'm, I really don't want to shit on it, but like, I feel like by 1977, you should kind of know how to animate. I mean, if this was like the forties or something, you know, I'd have a lot more room for it, but I just, I, I kind of, I guess I don't have as much, uh, room to give yeah, yeah in the, by the 70s 
No, and I'm I'm 100% the same way. Um okay, but anyway, like I want to get away from the animation. So I need to ask about because we talked about it for a little bit. So I want to ask about just Gandalf in general because my knowledge of Gandalf is only like the movies and shit. And while I love Ian McKellen, um this Gandalf seems really like an asshole. Well, yeah, but I, I, I don't want to use the word reluctant because he just straight up doesn't tell them shit. He's cryptic as fuck. First of all, where is he going? Why does he keep just showing up to save the day and then dipping out again? So, so this is, I think, important to talk about some of the backstory because there's a very clear answer for this, right? Yeah. So where Gandalf is going is to work with the White Council to defeat... Sauron. So everything that's going on in this with like the spiders in Mirkwood, none of that is natural. That's not what's supposed to be happening in Mirkwood. Like the elves aren't like on purpose neighbors with the spiders, right? Yeah. What's, what's right? Yeah, I kind of figured that. Yeah, right. Like because that wouldn't make any fucking sense. Nobody likes so, Mongolian. Right. And so the um, the what's happened here, is right? that, yeah, yeah, okay. from the Silmarillion, the like, and yeah, she loves dad. She loves great, mom. great, 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 mama. Oh shit! Okay, I was no. Wondering. Actually, I think Shelob is supposed to be Ungoliant spawn directly. I think Shelob is supposed to be Ungoliant's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. It's the lesser up. spiders that appear in the Hobbit, though, that are yeah. her great, 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 great. That are like diluted. That's why Shelob's bigger. But all and of that smart. is like super evil. Like spiders in Tolkien are really bad business, right? Like that. It's super, super evil, and that's the, the only reason that all that bullshit's happening in Mirkwood is because the necromancer, as it's kind of described in this this version of The Hobbit, which is Sauron, has moved into Dol Guldor, which is a fortress in, like, the southern part of Mirkwood. So Gandalf is working with the White Council, which is, like, Galadriel, Elrond, um, likely Glorfindel, coolest living elf. Um, do I Sauron. know who Glorfindel is? If I'd seen the movies, do I know who Glorfindel is? Glorfindel is who Arwen is when she rescues Frodo. But they, they made it Arwen instead of Glorfindel. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, 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 okay. Glorfindel is like, Glorfindel killed a Balrog. We can leave it at that. And is the only elf to be reincarnated and actually sent back to Middle-earth to live. Yeah, bad motherfucker. Age. Definitely. Why the fuck isn't okay? Never mind. Sorry. This dude is like second to Finrod. Like this is this is a very yeah. cool elf. Finrod, Finrod is my dude, but Glorfindel yeah. is a bad motherfucker. He is the the coolest living, but it would have been them and like Sauron. Like so, it's the the really high elves, the super old elves, and the wizards are the White Council, and they work together just like in the live action, except probably without all the Galadriel, Gandalf, whatever the fuck. Um, no, it to... was fuck. That's what they were doing. Was I fucking the shit out of each other? I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. And that they... was... So that, and then um, that's what he's doing when he's dipping out is like dealing with Sauron and getting him out of Dol Guldor. But okay, but that's not really can... part of the story, right? No, it's not discussed at all. It's kind of part of the retcon. What Gandalf's kind of doing right now, and I will read briefly from the appendix. Um, the his his whole thing right now is that he's looking at the world and he's like, Gandalf's deal is that he is sent by the Valar, by the gods, to help, but not to like directly intervene. 
But he sees the dragon and he's like, son of a bitch. If Sauron has the dragon when all of this comes to a head, we're fucked, right? So he's like, we need to deal with the dragon one way or another. And so he kind of nudges the dwarves and Bilbo because Gandalf kind of knows that there's something special about hobbits and kind of nudges him into doing that. And I'm sorry, I have a cat and he's making me nuts. I'm not, I'm kicking him out. Um, Okay. So there's a line in the appendix of the return of the King where Gandalf's talking about like, it's after they've won in the end. And he's kind of talking about like what happened here. And he says of, of what he, his actions in the Hobbit and his motivations in the Hobbit, he said, yet things might've gone far worse. Um, I'm sorry. Yet things might've gone far otherwise and far worse. When you think of the great battle of the Pelennor, do not forget the battles in Dale and the valor of Durin's folk. Think of what it might have been. Dragonfire and savage swords in Eriador, night in Rivendell. There might be no queen in Gondor. We might now hope to return from the victory here only to return to ruin and ash. But that has been averted because I met Thorin Oakenshield one evening on the edge of a spring in Bree. A chance meeting, as we say in Middle-earth. Damn, so and he basically, is- like, concocted this whole thing to make sure that shit down the line wasn't going to be, like, shit down the line. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of like really early planning for what he knew was going to come to pass. Because you have to remember, this whole thing with Sauron is not new. Sauron is, like, it, it, this is way older than the first, you know, interactions you see in the movies. So Sauron did everyone around forget for about him, a- uh, that that depends on what you mean by everybody, because that's if you're talking about like the world, yeah, that's a way longer. Mm. That's like Amazon's making a whole show to answer that question for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. uh, we can't I'll get into the fuck that. Up about that. Yeah, I can't right, even that's... begin. Like, I, be, because Sauron has gone in many forms and many ways and is a demigod. That I think the is is worth all that briefly stuff. touching on. Right, that these guys are not Sauron is on the same level as Gandalf is on the same level as the Balrog in terms of level of being. So the way this works is you have sort of a monolithic Christian god at the top, which is Ero Luvatar. Right. You have a pantheon, like the Greek gods below that, which is the Valar. And that's like Manway is your Zeus, right? And then you have like the Hercules level demigods under that. The that's Maiar. Gandalf and Sauron, the Meyer. Exactly. Right. Fuck yeah, dude. I know shit. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to ask, ask one question then, because I feel like this... This destroys, well, my, in my my understanding of it, is destroyed. But if if Sauron and Gandalf are relatively the same, and I feel like I know the answer to this already, but why was the Witch King of Angmar such a problem for Gandalf, like to deal with? Okay, so the Witch King of Angmar is weird. The uh how okay how would you go about this Lindsay? because i don't know how to explain this because okay so the witch king of angmar to clarify is probably my second favorite character in lord of the rings oh yeah so i absolutely love the witch king but like there's i i feel like there's a certain level of ambiguity when it comes to him but maybe i'm wrong i feel you maybe you know something that i don't i feel like it's no, the soft sure magic ambiguity. system that like it, it like it avoids an explanation because he's straight, and again, I haven't read the books in a really long time, so I can only go by the movies, but 
he fucking wrecks Gandalf. Like he destroys his staff. He fucking uh, almost destroys Glamdring. Like, but I don't get it. If he if if the Witch King is a lesser being, the Nine were a lesser being to Gandalf. Why is he so overmatched? Okay, so here's the situation. First of all, there's a lot of variables because Gandalf has a ring of power. He has one of the elven rings. Right. So in case that's not clear to, because it's a little bit un- unclear in the movies. So right, he's got Gandalf's, Naya. yeah, Gandalf has a ring. Fucking so does the Witch King. So there's a lot of variables, right? Oh, I did not know the Witch King had a ring. That's oh, yeah. the whole thing. Nine. They have the nine rings for the. For right. The and that's what turned them into the i got that but i didn't know his ring made like i thought they just were used to zombify them and turn them into his servants no, i didn't know no, he no, gave no. them power he is the greatest of the nine so he is like when you look at the nine right like if you look at the nazgul like there's the rest of them and then there's the witch king like the witch king is his whole is <clears throat> so the general idea, okay, is that kind of nobody knows who he really is, as far as I'm aware. There's he's Numenorian, most likely, um, in my opinion. Um, Ooh, I don't believe say. that's answered specifically, like but in my opinion, related he's, to Aragorn. Well, that, that's a long story, but he's he's in my from my understanding, he's Numenorian, and he's he's delved into a lot of shit like again he's essentially unkillable you get that whole like no man can kill me thing and the, yeah it's was not that related. literal is it really no. because no her face was a chick no it's their blades it's the oh, it's idiotic. the weapons that they use so the witch king is kind of an enigma and that is why i love him like he is there's a lot that's not known about him and He's got a shitload of power. Part of it's going to come from the ring. Part of it's going to be coming from Sauron himself. And part of it is kind of ambiguity based on who he might have been. And that's why I love him. There's a lot of unknowns and he is stupid, powerful and stupid badass. The few lines he has are just every single one of them is just full on monster mode. Like he is a fantastic villain he's awesome i love so so you're right that he is numenorian um and the other like and all the other things about him right like he is stupid powerful he's like he's a soft foe he's also riding a fell beast and that thing doesn't fuck around for the record because that's a corrupted eagle like so the thing he's riding is like lends to his power as well and it's like oh that's sick as fuck it scream paralyzes everybody. Like you see that in the movie where Frodo and Sam and Ao and they all cringe when they hear that thing, right? Like that is a whole thing on its own. Like the fell beast alone is kind of a weapon. And then the other thing that's happening here is while Gandalf is a much higher being as a Maya, part of the deal as an Istari, which is the wizards, very briefly, because it's a Silmarillion thing, but like they're sent over in human form they have a certain amount of power but if you watch the way that gandalf uses magic it's mostly the ring it's mostly fire which is uh narnia is gandalf's ring naria naria thank you um that's mostly what his power does in addition to bringing optimism and hope which is i was gonna say that is my 
that is my absolute favorite part. Like my favorite fun fact about Gandalf is that the whole thing about Narnia is it brings courage and it brings like hope. And Mm -hmm. just that, that when you know that, and then that's part of my rant, because when you know that and you see Gandalf air quotes die in the fellowship and then everybody's just broken, it's not just because they're sad. It's literally the influence of the ring is taken from them. Mm -hmm. And it's just, dude, I, I could geek out about this stuff for like 45 minutes. Well, and so that, but that I think is part of why he is a much more equal, like Gandalf is no doubt if Gandalf was in his raw power as a Maya would fucking dick on the Witch King. Absolutely. No question. But he's not. That's part of the deal of him being there. He is depowered by nature. That's the point. Um, it's why oh, okay. Saruman isn't immediately in charge of everything either. They both are there in human form. Um, and their powers are, while they have them significantly limited to what they could have otherwise done. And another, a great example forever who we won't go into, but is Melian, who is another Maya prominent in the Silmarillion who does a ton of shit. And when we get to the Silmarillion, we'll compare what she's doing to what like Gandalf's able to do, because you can really see where the power ceiling is of like what he could do in his true power. But he's, he's super depowered just by, by nature of being. To clarify, however, he is no slouch. Oh, no, 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 like, not at all. Slouch, but... He holds back a lot of the time because he's not, he's also under orders not to get But he's involved in like shit. every fucking major battle. Like how but is that he, not him getting involved? He is involved, well, but he's like... not the main character, if that makes sense. Actually, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that, Lindsay. He's, yeah, it's Gandalf the White. Gandalf the Grey, you can see even in the movies, they do such a good job of this in the movies of showing like you don't see Gandalf fucking leading anybody. He leads the fellowship ish only because they all defer to him. Uh, Like he you don't see him leading fucking battle until later when he's Gandalf the White. He has a different set of instructions. Things change for him dramatically. He is brought back from the dead by Manway like he is sent back by the gods because he's the only wizard left on mission. And so his rule set has changed dramatically when he comes back as Gandalf the White. So everything that we want to look at in terms of Gandalf's like preset power ability limits is going to be in the Hobbit and in the Fellowship. To be fair, he fights the Witch King in Return of the King, but it's not as though he's still not there in full Maya form. He's still like, or he wouldn't, I mean... Or we would know, or that would be explicit. Well, yeah, like yeah, kinda, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you um, also have to remember he ends up meeting him after already doing battle for a significant period of time, and the Witch King tire. is fresh. Like yeah. Gandalf, again, he matters. does have a human body. Like mm-hmm. so, there are other factors. He can. Exhaust That's fair. His magic. I didn't even think of that. Speaking of of bodies, I need to discuss Gollum right now because. Well, not discuss, but I need to ask questions about Gollum because this Gollum is horrendous. He's terrifying as fuck, but also like, I don't understand him. Like he's supposed to be a hobbit from like 500 years ago, right? Why is he so much bigger than Bilbo when he meets him in the cave? I mean, I have an opinion on that, but it's really simple. I mean, I just think is it I just, just animation. Think, yeah, I was gonna say I just think that's an artifact of animation because in 
as far as I'm aware in the books, he, that's just not the case. Like he's, okay. um, not at all. I mean, I, I don't know. I have different opinions in regards to this version oh, of Gollum being scary. I mean, he scared the but... shit out of me. Yeah. But also the whole thing. I, so he's I, also kind of books, hilarious. He is really hilarious. And I think the most hilarious thing about him is when I read the books, even forgetting a lot about the movie, I always took when he said like Gollum or whatever, he was coughing or like he was hacking up something gross. That's but in what this I was going to say. It's yeah. just it just sounds like someone's in the back of the cave trying to get his attention, but they're running out of energy. It's just Gollum. Gollum. <laughs> yeah. Gollum. And I'm just like, bro, can you answer your phone? <laughs> oh my god. Dude, I don't know what's going on with that, but that was one of my big questions. I always kind of pictured it as like a tick. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. Like it's it's oh, it's a, a good, oh, that's it's a good like way to a it's it's something that he can't control but like i listen you're not going to get any info out of me here because no, i was just as confused as you were well, <laughs> i was like what's sure, what going what, on what it's supposed to be he, the golem the golem thing is like a noise that he makes in the back of his throat right like 100% that's in canon what it's right. meant to be and um i love this illustration of golem again cuz of i love that was my favorite yeah. part of these books. I read that and I was like, you are shitting me. What the fuck is that? And when I was ready for The Lord of the Rings and and went to my teachers about that, um, I was like, wait, so there's more? Like, is Bilbo there? And they said, shout out to Gunner, who told me Bilbo is there, but it's not really about him. But Gollum's in it a lot. And I said, okay, <laughs> sign me the fuck up. More of that thing? I need to know exactly what that is. And a lot of what's going on here with Gollum that's weird is what I'm calling the Great Gollum Retcon. Because Gollum, right. as he was originally published, is very different from Gollum as we see him in this movie and in current versions of The Hobbit. So when, when that came out before The Lord of the Rings, what happened was that Gollum told Bilbo if Bilbo won at Riddles, he would give him the ring, which is ridiculous, right? Um, but I mean, uh, it's unthinkable. Like if you look at it, yeah, like it, it's absolutely insane in the current version. And so Bilbo had found the ring and said, uh, and, and so Gollum was like dismayed to find that he didn't have it to trade to Bilbo when he won riddles. And so he like escorted Bilbo out, which is crazy. So they retconned it and Tolkien republished it and changed it so that it's the story that we've seen now, but this version still exists in Shadows of the Past in Lord of the Rings. When Gandalf refers to, like, he asks Frodo, did, did Bilbo tell you about how he found the ring? And Frodo says, yeah, yeah, of course he told me, but no, he told me the real story, not what he told the dwarves. And we don't hear him tell the dwarves this story. We do not get that in the Hobbit book. That's not on screen. Right. Pres presumably it happened like in this after the spiders right so bilbo lies twice first when he originally he just omits the ring entirely from the story and gandalf gives him the side eye right gandalf already suspects he's probably found one of the lesser rings because there were rings that weren't the great rings um that were like if that had been what it was it would have been like no big deal and gandalf already suspects that shit but then later he must have told them after he has to explain that he does have the ring, he must have told them a story 
And the way that the canon is now, the story that Bilbo would have told the dwarves then is the story as it was originally published. And that that's what, uh, yeah, the lie made it into his diaries, which were later corrected. Right. So it's like this way of I got talking. You. Just that's actually pretty smart. It. I like that. That's kind of cool. Right. It's brilliant because he was like, this doesn't make sense, but you guys want a sequel and like, this is what I'm going to make it. And he was always crafting and evolving the world. Yeah. You know, it was always changing. So the Hobbit had to change. OK, but I'm glad you brought up the ring because that leads me into like my next question. Everything that I read after watching this movie. Gollum was going to give Bilbo the ring if he won the riddle game. But in and and or and, and if uh if Bilbo lost, Gollum was going to lead him out of the cave. So everything that I read in the original novelization was he was just um Go uh, Bilbo was really never in danger. Gollum was never going to eat him. So where am I getting this misinformation from? Or is what I just said correct? No. So that's what I'm saying is that the. The way that it was originally published was that Gollum was going to give him the ring, which is insane. Oh, okay. I got, okay. Yeah. Um, so just for quick clarification, I, I, I can't, I don't think you specifically said this, but Tolkien didn't originally plan on doing anything other than the Hobbit. The Lord of the Rings you, yeah. weren't originally planned. So it was when the Hobbit was published, it was supposed to be a standalone. Okay, so the whole thing with Bilbo and the ring was written differently because thing. there was not a plan for the ring to be, you know, the ring of power, the one ring. And exactly. then it's a exactly. So later on, things changed. The Lord of the Rings was going to be published. And then, you know, he had to come up with a really clever way to get that done. And then as Lindsay just explained, he came up with a fucking incredible way of getting it done. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I it's all it. in canon. It all had to make sense. And it's like, yeah, this is Bilbo's diary. And then it got fixed when it got put in the red book. And that's what we have now. And like, totally explained all the republishings of it, which I think explains some of the weirdness of this movie. Right. Because I think that I think so. this movie is, I, the way that I always interpreted it growing up and like tried to reconcile it in my head. Cause like, trust that when I got to really thinking about it, it was like, wait, how is this? How the, what the elves are like the the hobbit doesn't describe them this way like it's yeah. like you're reading the words and um, looking at the picture like what is this how did you get there like that's not what's being described to me and that's exactly my... what i thought like i saw elrond and i'm like oh this dude looks dope as shit and then it shows the yeah. fucking murkwood elves and i'm like what the hell are the these? what just happened fucking legs dude oh my it's god so Nightmare strange floor. And so I always interpreted that as like the that Rankin and Bass, when they decided to make this, like somehow had like some old as fuck edition of The Hobbit. Like I feel like Rankin and Bass were operating in a world where like they didn't know about the Lord of the Rings. Like they were just oh like God. they didn't get it. Like they it really feels like the the novelization of like the Hobbit before Tolkien conceived of the legendary. Jesus <laughs> like, Christ. Dude, okay, like info. It might partly be that, but like, look, I've worked on some film sets. I also feel like part of it is just some people straight up most likely didn't read it. 
Like, no, I think that has to be what it is. Because <laughs> like, it's so oh, yeah, they, rich. Because the Hobbit doesn't describe them this way. They're like, the elves are like beautiful and they sing. And yeah. these are like the tra la 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 elves. Like, and they're dancing around. Like, on a minimum, they should look like Keebler elves and not this horror show. <laughs> like, it's so weird. I just, I don't. Yeah, it genuinely, it I don't felt know why like. to be this way. Like somebody, M. Night Shyamalan, The Last Airbender, it. Or like Michael Gambon, The yeah. Dumbledore kind of thing totally. like didn't fucking totally. read anything but <clears throat> speaking of didn't read anything or things that i missed um my next question is about another character i almost thought was cool um and i think it's more like i like his name i just think it's a dope ass name um where the fuck is azog the defiler is he like not a yeah. thing yeah yeah, so Azog is a thing, like yes and. Um so in the the battle of and we're going to see how this goes. Azan Azanuli Bazaar. And I don't know. That wasn't great. Um in that battle, which That'll is featured in the live action, outside the gates of Moria with the dwarves. Right, that's when his dad gets his head cut off. Exactly. Um, there is, um, at that point, Azog is actually killed by uh, Dian, who, and that is how you say it. It's not, not Dane. Not Dane. No, I know, and that's annoying to me, but it is Dian, son of Nyan. Um, he killed Azog. However, Azog's son is briefly mentioned to be an orc that appears in the Battle of Five Armies, but it's not like a thing. Not like Battle of Five Armies is like four pages. Yeah, and yet okay, they made a whole fucking movie about it. Yeah, they got three hours out of four pages. It's unbelievable. It, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, he is that mentioned to, his son is mentioned to have been there, but there is no, like, main character orc that we have in The Hobbit. It just Okay, is so there's no, like, actual one. white orc, and it's not, like, a thing. Like, they were, they were followed by the trolls the whole time. Or the goblins, sorry, not the trolls. The goblins the whole the time. Goblins. Yeah, I was really confused for like half a second there. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> the trolls. No, it's the goblins and uh Yeah, and it's the the goblins and goblins and orcs are the same thing. It's just that's again another artifact of the Hobbit being written before the Lord of the Rings Word? was conceived yeah. of. So they're just called goblins there, but it is the same thing. Like, there's not a significant difference between them and any other orc, with the exception of, like, the orakai who are bred and, you know, whatever. But they, it's essentially the same. There's okay. as much diversity in the orcs as there is in, in anything else. You know what I mean? Okay. But they're so, all still orcs. <clears throat> with that, and I'm glad you brought up the Battle of the Five Armies, because this was, like, my number one question from the fucking movie. They're literally all charging each other, right? Death to the elves, death to man. And then they fucking see the goblins coming over the hill and they're like, we've always been brothers. Like, let's fucking fight together. And that, on, the, on God, that was when I laughed out loud. Dude, I was just like, fuck it. I was just like, this is so stupid. You guys there was literally a lot. were just charging at each other. There's a lot I can excuse, but that part, I was just yeah. like, what the hell <laughs> am I watching? What is this? I, dude, I feel like that's part of the biggest problem with this with this movie. And the thing that I kept having issues rushed. with, holy shit, the pacing. It's, yeah. Dude, everything is Mach 5. It's like, oh, okay, and here's this new character, and he's gone. 
okay, and you know, here's this new thing, and it's gone. Like it's that whole South Park meme. Like literally, every time they introduce a new thing, it's just instantly gone. It's just that we're moving on to the next thing. Like you never have time to like sit and like understand what's happening. And I understand it's made for you know, it's an animated movie. It was clearly marketed to kids, all that kind of stuff. But like, dude, my I have ADHD, and my attention span was long enough to be like, wait a minute, hold on, we're moving too fast. Like, what the heck? It's hardcore tested, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, like it, I, I mean, was like, dude, like are they really like friends? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's the thing. It was super short. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Like the Battle of Five Armies didn't last that long or whatever. But Yeah, but no, this is stupid. Like it. <sighs> oh, also, why can the Eagles fucking talk? That blew my mind. Well, I genuinely okay. couldn't like figure that out. Before we get to the Eagles, what I do want to explain briefly about like why the movie was so bad in the battle is that for reasons unbeknownst to me, because, again, it was so short, they decided to drop the Arkenstone entirely from this yeah. version. Thor, the what only reason Thorne hates Bilbo is because he oh, doesn't understand yeah, dude. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. They, I, they... I mean, I have no words. I just don't understand. No, it was because that's what makes the book so interesting towards the end like they have this great episodic adventure where they do all kinds of cool shit and there's a million cool characters and then bilbo ultimately betrays the dwarves to do the right thing and takes the arkenstone because thorn's starting to go fucking crazy and and the live action does this reasonably accurately even if it's the shit show um that he takes he takes it out and gives it to like gandalf and thranduil who's the who is not named in the hobbit book but it is thranduil um, but he's just the, the Wait, elf really? king, I think. Yeah, he doesn't have a name. He's just the elf king, the elven king. This is he is really Gandalf's book. dad, though? But, well, he's Legolas's dad, yes. Or, sorry, yeah, Legolas, sorry. I was really I confused up. have a second there. You, dude. Like, you knew what I meant. <laughs> Gandalf doesn't have a dad. We just spent, like, 20 minutes. No, he, so... Um, no, he is Legolas's dad, and yes, Legolas would have been here, absolutely, um, at some point in this adventure. Legolas would have totally remembered the shit going down, at a minimum hearing about it. Um, okay, but, well then, yeah, hold on, because that leads me into my next question, or that leads me into a sub-question. What does Thranduil want? Because the movie implies that there's something inside the vault in, uh, what is, what is it called? What is the mountain called? Dune what? The Lonely Mountain? No. <laughs> God like, damn it. Whatever the city is called. Edoras? No. Edoras. Jesus fuck. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Edoras is in Rohan. Um, it is with an E though. Jesus Christ. Uh I'm sorry, Erebor. I'm embarrassed. Erebor. 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 I'm yeah. so fucking Jesus. good at this shit. I should be teaching you guys. I uh, should go. Yeah, that was embarrassing. Leave. So in the leave now. in the uh, in the desolation of Smaug, which is my favorite of the three. I'm sorry, it's just a really good background noise movie. Um, I mean, I don't care which one you like; they're all equally garbage. No, True. I figured you'd say that. Um, Thranduil First is one's like, better. It has Gollum. Sorry. Well, he's in the. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, that's fair. Gollum's in the first um, one, so that one wins for me. But Thranduil, when he get when they get captured by the elves. Thorin goes to the throne room and Thranduil's like, there's shit in the fucking city that I want too. 
um, and I want it back. It's it, it implies it's like he gave them something or whatever. But like, yeah, no. what is Thranduil's motivation? Why is he fucking there? They just all want. They they're like I mean they okay so they've all been like living around this mountain right where there's like billions and billions of dollars worth of just gold in the mountain and nobody can get it because of the fucking dragon and the dragon dies and everybody is like let's go get me some gold that's what everyone's that's what everyone's motivation is here except for I, the goblins who are otherwise irritated I, I don't know I feel like there is a little bit deeper explanation here slightly because please tell me there is well no I mean it's just it's really simple it's just there's a big fuck you between the elves and the dwarves they don't like each other I mean this isn't like at the moment okay, like so I mean you correct. you still see this in the Lord of the Rings I mean you see it start to go in this movie where you know we'll I don't want to get into that yet we'll get into that later with the swords but the you there is still a great deal of animosity between the elves and the dwarves they do not get along so right, yeah. it's it's partly a like you know just it's as simple as fuck you. I want your shit. Like, I feel like as simple as that is, and you know, there's all these great reasons behind all this stuff. I feel like that might just be part of it. Like it's yes, it's greed. Yes. It's whatever, but it's also fuck you. You're a dwarf. Like, you know, I don't give a shit. And, like, well, and, and, and also like, fuck you, you're a dwarf and a little bit of a, like, what's yours is mine. You owe me mentality that goes oh, yeah. both ways. That's like, because so the issue here is that the the reason that the elves and the dwarves don't like each other all the way down to Legolas and Gimli in the beginning of Fellowship, and the reason that their friendship matters so much because it really does. Like it's, I feel like maybe that's not clear to passing fans how how crucial it is, is that the dwarves fucking murdered Thingol, who is one of the original three elven kings born in Quivienen, like in the dawn of time. Like with the stars and shit, <laughs> like they like yeah. and he he ruled over in the first age for like the entirety of the first age and over a Silmaril, which is like what we'll discuss in the Silmarillion, um, over a, another super pretty piece of jewelry in another Tolkien tale. That is it the gems people. of Lascalin? The what? Is it the gems of Lascalin? What's the reference I don't get? I feel like I'm using a reference. No, you were talking about other pretty gems. Um, so I didn't like either. Oh, I didn't like. I'm saying the Silmarils. Yeah, the other. So we're getting too deep. We're getting too deep in the lore here. But they murdered. They murdered the elf king, and it was not cool. And that grudge of the dwarves murdering the elf king over this piece of jewelry and gold, right, and wealth and gems and all the shit and who forged it and who made it's very much like a. Um, like the goblins in Harry Potter, it works that right. it works very similarly. That kind it of is, weird, yeah. Thing. It is that it's a deep inbuilt, like from birth anger. Like, this is yeah. you know, this isn't a small, like, petty, you know, little argument here. This is like you killed one of the, it, would be like if somebody shot the president. Like right. this is this, it's not something that you just get over. Like you're, no, I get it. You yeah. know, it is a deep seated, like, even though this was a long time ago, it still is, is there. 
and it you yeah. start to see it go here and you start to see some of that anger pass but it it is still very much present so i just wanted to like briefly bring that up because as much as it is in my opinion mostly based on greed i feel like part of it is a fuck you to the dwarves on the elves part so i, I didn't right. like I you think guys that they uh... would be go ahead go ahead sorry no, i was no, going to go say ahead. i think they would be um less there would be like less assholery were it not dwarves and elves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if it was yeah. like that the elves defeated the dragon and like another group of yeah. elves like or men took over the mountain, like Thranduil would have fully still shown up and been like, yo, what do you got for me? Because I provide yeah. you with all this shit I throw down the river in my barrels, right? Like they have a relationship with the men of Dale. So yeah. if it was like the men who took out Smoke, I feel like there'd be less assholery. But yeah, because it's the dwarves, like but they they were gonna show up either way, but yes, this is what causes it to be Super ugly, which is the same thing that caused them to kidnap them. If they'd met someone of any other race in Middle Earth. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't have given a shit. Yep. No, they would have been like, let us treat you to some tralalali fucking ale and let's hear your story. But they catch dwarves and they're like, into the cell. Fuck you. So... Even though it's Thorn or Shield. Like, yeah, so there's a lot of, of bullshit going on there leading back to that, that murder Bef- in the Silmarillion. <laughs> Before we move on to the swords, because that's real, that's one of the things I really want to know about. I want you both to know that I didn't like either of your answers, so I googled it. Um, and the thing that Thranduil wanted was a necklace called the Gems of Lasgalin, which was made from. According st- to fucking home, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. According internet. to what the live action movie? Yes. Yeah, I'm- fuck that. That's not a thing. It doesn't matter. It's made up. Warner Brothers made that up. That's not real. Hold on. Right? I'm like, no, Andrew, okay. back me up. Uh, That's some bullshit. Ofi- no, right it's there. on the official, it's on the official uh Middle Earth wiki. The white gems he- of Lasgalin, which were so my so my knowledge when it comes to like the the Silmarillion and like Lord of the Rings and stuff is not that deep. I think I think we're going a little past that. You know, I'm not a scholar, but um, you know, maybe that that might be the case. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm trying to see where it pulls this information from because it's saying that these were gems that Thranduil had given to Thorin's grandfather to make into a necklace. The gems reminded Thranduil of his wife and they were supposed to shine like stars in the night. And when, yeah, no, uh, I'm sorry. They debuted in the first film of the prequel. This is, this is only the gems of Lasgalin were actually a smart addition to the Hobbit movies. Cause it answers your question. Right. So yeah, they probably are. No, I just um, like, I didn't know if there were a thing. Cause I was like that. Wow. No, okay. I just so need to make sure I wasn't having a stroke because I'm like, <laughs> did I, I just read this book and I do not remember any such backstory, but yes, no, that is a, that is movie only, but agreed. Um, a bit of a gap. I can see why you didn't like our answers, right? Like, I no, think, I, I just get like I get it. Like, it I get the feud and everything, and that honestly makes the most sense. And then wanting like all that money under the mountain, I get it. Um, but now I want to talk. It about really real does shit. seem too simplistic for Tolkien, though. So, well, like, that's I what I'm it. saying. Like, it didn't. It, there had we to have be to some give kind it a of, break. Like, motive. I know, and that's why I'm like, I'm not, I'm not harping on it too much. Um, but I do want to know about these swords because. Why? Yeah. Why does Gandalf pretend he doesn't know Elvish? Like he says, he can't read the sports. 
what does he say in the movie? I can't read so, the runes. He yeah, doesn't he's even like, say yeah, runes, like, and then Bilbo's yeah. like, "What are runes?" And they're like, "It's ancient writing." And I don't it's know fucking what Tangwar. He's like, "I can't read the like, what the fuck." This yeah, movie. it's like I, I've only been around since literal creation. I for some reason can't read this. Yeah, I'm like, "What the fuck, dude?" Because he the I remember in the movie or uh, in the live action. Uh, Elrond does read the sword names to them, but Gandalf says he can. He Gandalf does identify that they are elvish made yeah, weapons. So, I mean, but which in would the, be obvious because of what these swords are, right? Well, so that's kind of what I figured. Really... But in the animated one, not only does Glamdring glow when they're in presence of the trolls, which they actually don't explain in the movie, the swords just glow. Because <laughs> um, movies are fucking garbage. Be, well, yep. it, it just glosses over everything. So. What's happening here is um, that, yeah, they they all glow, right? Like Sting glows, Glamdrick glows, Orcus grows, glows. All of these Gondolin swords glow when the orcs are nearby. And that's what Elrond will later tell us that these are. These are the swords of the kings of Gondolin, which is some no bullshit. Gondolin was the last city to survive Morgoth, who was Sauron's boss, that we'll talk about in depth in the Silmarillion. Gondolin oh, is yeah. the coolest shit ever in the Legendarium Fight Me. And um, so these are like really big deal elven heirlooms. Now, the king of Gondolin, Turgon, is Elrond's great-great-grandfather, I believe. And Gandalf one million percent can read the Tanguar on these swords. Absolutely, okay. he can read it. And Gandalf knows that these are not his to give or to claim. And the best way for him to avoid that happening in the company of some very, very fucking spoiled, entitled little dwarf lordlings. Yeah, they're kind of a dick. They are, they're all spoiled little lordlings. They're all yeah, they're in exile. They all, they all are little shits. And the, the best way Gandalf can not take ownership over the taking or giving of these swords that is not his to give or take is to say, Elrond will tell us when we get to Rivendell. Full fucking stop. Elrond's going to let us know what we're going to do. So and, and so he kind of silently gives the reins to Elrond. They get to Rivendell and he's like, Elrond, could you read these swords for us? And Elrond's like, are you fucking kidding me? And then wink, he looks wink. at them and he's like, oh, thank you. And Elrond chooses to give Orchrist to uh, Thorin. And he does not have to do that. And that is the like most kingly gift probably in the whole, the whole of the Legendarium. Honest to God. Like for the context that it's in. More so than Bilbo's mithril suit. More so than... His, yeah, but I thought know, that was given to him by the dwarves. They just found it. They, yeah, I mean, okay, but here's 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 the thing. Okay, so it's like we're, we're let's say well, let's talk about the mithril. You know, what coat. is it? Chainmail. Chainmail. A coat. So, a so it's yeah, that's really valuable, right? But there's a difference between something that's really valuable and then in monetary a legendary wise, weapon, and then exactly. So like when you're looking at Orcus, you are looking at something like the equivalent of, let's say, George Washington's pistol. The gun that shot like, Osama. Like, yeah, this oh, I is mean, that this would is be, a more big like deal. the Rosetta Stone. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're talking about is, like your most, it's like the Pyramid of yeah. Giza itself. 
Yeah, this is some big deal shit. And this is the moment of healing I was trying to get at earlier where it's like, okay. Oh, like Elrond's the one that started it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and this, it's, this is like, this gesture is a huge deal. Yeah. And I don't know that, like, I love this specific thing because it is, as far as I know, in the original Hobbit. Like, a lot of, like, the things that we're seeing here that are weird, it's Mm -hmm. like, because Tolkien didn't change everything, but really, mostly what he changed in the Hobbit was the Gollum episode to fit with the Ring story. The rest of this was there, so that's really cool. Like, I don't know that the Gondolin reference specifically was in the original. I don't know that 100%. I like to kind of think that it was. Like, I just, I don't know. I just think that's fucking cool. Yeah, that's sick as fuck, dude. Yeah, Tolkien's the best, and it's it's a huge moment. Elrond is a boss. He really like, is. I kind of really what fucking a move. Like him. I mean, yeah. oh my god, he is so great. And and Elrond, of course, has um, one of the other three Elven rings. So it's Elrond, Gladriel, and Gandalf who have them. Um, and we never Wait, really who had know it before Gandalf. So Celebrimbor made the rings. And gave them to Galadriel and fucking somebody who gave his to Elrond. I can't remember. What's the Elven King? Gilgalad. Gilgalad had it and gave it to Elrond, I think. I think. Fuck. I don't know. Is that right? Scott, you're going to want to remember the name Celebrimbor. That is going yeah. to be an incredibly important name. Right? I feel it's like gonna I've be heard in that the name, show. too. He, made the, he forged the rings. Oh, he's um, a he's the one. He's the one who forged the Elven rings uh, that Sauron never touched, but... But wait, am I right, Andrew, that it went from Celebrimbor to uh, Gilgalad to Elrond? As far as I'm aware, that's accurate. I I hope that's right. I'm going to look it up after, son of a bitch. Yeah. But but Gandalf got his ring, so the other elf to get a ring was, um, oh, son of a bitch. Help me out. Galadriel? No, no, no. Galadriel has one, but uh, Gandalf's ring. um, Narya? No, the shipwright. Uh, oh shit! Now we're doing that thing where like one of us forgets, both of and you then know, it's, and you fucking forget and then it's yeah. suddenly just blank mind. Boy, the the point is is the the rings are. Iridan. Yep, there it is. Iridan, the shipwright, who is another elf, likely born in Quivienen, which is like some no, but like the original elves to be born out of nothing, to be brought out of life by Iluvatar, right? Which makes them the best, because the oldest is the best in all of the legendarium. So, um, Kyrdan is likely one of those elves born in Quivienen, and he had a ring, and he stayed in Middle Earth. He never went west, and he gave his ring to Gandalf when he arrived. Gandalf arrived late of the Astari. And he gave his ring to Gandalf because he was like, you seem like the dopest of all the ones of you to show up here on the shore. So why don't you take this? Yo, I like your drip, fam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty, yeah. Like, all right, we're having so a contest of drip or drown for this freaking ring. Let's get it. Who's got the <laughs> finest drip? All Gandalf. these assholes showed up before Gandalf and Kyrdan was like, nice to meet you. Hey, hey, Saruman, looks good. Radagast, hey, Lincoln, the blue wizards, and saw Gandalf. Yeah, you blue like, fuckers, you. get out of here. I like that gray dude. So there's what only, is it? there were only five. I don't even remember. I straight up don't. I just forget five. about them. Oh, I thought you were talking Gandalf? about the names of no, 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 no. Gandalf oh, oh, no, Andrew's answering me. No, yes, there yeah. are five. It's Gandalf, Saruman, Radagast, 
and the two blue wizards whose names I did write down, and it is uh, Alatar and Palandro, but those names change depending on where you look. If they're not in the Silmarillion. It's in like Lost Tales and Unfinished Tales, so it's all it's canon-ish. They, I mean, they, like, they could even have multiple names. I mean, fucking Gandalf has like what th- four or five names. Like, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, the... uh, what's your name? Galadriel calling me Thranduil. Mithrandir. Yeah, yeah, dude. Honestly, the the blue elves are something we'll get into later. But I just that's one of the things that makes me like the most they mad went... about Lord of the Rings. That East. whole thing is just so dumb. Yeah, they. We don't know whether they. It's a whole shit show. We'll talk about them in the Silmarillion yeah. for sure because the Istari stuff is really interesting. We're gonna do like three Silmarillion episodes, don't we? I think we have to. Um. Uh, so but, yeah. Go ahead. Um... Okay, circling back around. I don't. I if I'm not like cutting you off here, we got to get back to the to the Eagles here because I, I want to talk about. Our next thing. Yeah, yeah I, that was I my last question. About was, why can the Eagles talk and why are they so important? Because you did bring that up earlier, and the yeah. Eagles. Now let me tell you something. Also, okay. I didn't know that the Drakes that the Wraiths ride were corrupted Eagles. That's fucking dope. Oh yeah, that's yeah. The, the fell beasts, as they're the described. fell beasts are like uh, that. They are. They got are they the only art. fell beasts? But, or is that what like the orcs are? No, uh, no, okay. those are the only things described as fell beasts. But that is not specifically like nothing else could be a fell beast. That's just yeah. the description. It's not their like genus. Yeah, oh, there's a okay. in the end they're all perversions of Arrow Luvatar's well. It's like it's a whole thing. We'll get into it. But okay, yeah. so the eagles are. First off, the eagle that you see is Gwaihir, okay? He is, like, yes. the leader of the eagles. There's only one other in this age named eagle, okay? And that's Landerval. And he's the one who picks up uh, Sam and Gandalf from Mount Doom. I mean, not Sam and Gandalf. Sam and Frodo from Mount Doom at, after they dispose of the ring. So, Gwaihir is, like, my homie. I love that dude. And so, when you see the eagles in the movies, like, you see that they're bad motherfuckers like don't get me wrong they are not played down the moment where they get into the fight with the fell beast like i, I was like shitting my pants that yeah i'm not gonna get into that but the point they're is they're on reasonably like, equal footing with the fell beast right oh they are remember. bad like, motherfuckers yeah the fell beast if anything might it depends they that's a tight fight the two of them are pretty evenly matched i mean i i am so partial to my eagles so the, oh, the thing sure, is but... The Eagles are in a weird place, and I'm still not 100% sure what to classify them as, but they are not normal animals, okay? These guys are like direct creations. I don't know if I'd say creations because only Aero Luvatar can like create stuff, but like they're direct servants of the same guy that essentially Gandalf is a servant of, that being Manway. Okay, so these eagles are super smart. They are super powerful. And I I don't know, Lindsay, where would you put them on power level? Because I wouldn't say they're Maiar. I, I don't think they are. I, I think they're up there, agree. but I don't think they're Maiar. I, well, and so there's this whole debate that is part of the wonder of the soft magic system, like that we could talk about it forever. There is no answer 
as to whether there is a technical distinction between a like Maiar of lesser power and something lower than a Maiar that's like a spirit of some kind. Right. And there's a lot of argument for that, because especially when they talk about um, like the dragons, for instance, are not. Dragons are not perversions. No, they're not perversions, unlike something like the fell beasts or the trolls that are like perversions of the Ents. They're not a perversion. They are an evil spirit put into flesh. And that's how they're given life that Morgoth was able to create. Yeah, and so you think Sauron is a badass? Morgoth is like, bro. I know. Yeah. I, holy shit! And all this he... shit comes spilling out of Angband, and it's but anyway, anyway, to stay like on ish. <laughs> that I think that there's an argument that the eagles would be something similar to whatever goes into a dragon. That's what an eagle is. That they are at a minimum these sort of lesser spirits. At best, they are like lesser powered Maiar or Maiar who've chosen Middle Earth and a, and a human. Or a living body like Gandalf has. That's another option that the eagles could be. They could be full-blown Meyer, but they're at lower power levels because of the way they're manifesting on Middle Earth. We know that's an option. Because they so, definitely can be injured. Like that is a that is oh, a yeah. thing. They are they absolutely die. physical. They do die. Yeah. They are not like they're not some kind of special thing. And then, you know, that gets into the whole. It's a, but the point is that they have a fea, which is how Tolkien describes something that has a soul right. that makes you sentient, that makes you separate from an animal. And that's a super crucial distinction. So, yeah, wherever they fall in the line of spirits and gods, they are not mortal. And in the way that we like would understand it with other beings in Middle Earth. And so, as far as like the age old question that Scott doesn't know the answer to somehow, right? Of like, why don't the eagles take the ring to Mordor? No, I, so, it that. wasn't even that. It was when you guys kept throwing the word Silmaril around, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? So the, that is so, a whole okay. thing. I know, and I'm not going to get into that. Don't. No, 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 I know. I'm not going to get yeah. into that. But the but original the Eagles, question was, yes, why didn't they just fly them over to... to uh, right. To, the, to Mount Doom and throw the Mount ring in, Doom, right? So, yeah. so the first and, and really simplest Occam's Razor answer that is like totally fits in the canon is... Like we said, they're a total match for the fell beast. Sauron does have an air force. Like, there's no reason to believe that they could just fly out there and it's fine. Like, there's a whole fucking shit show. Like, they would be seen. And they say super explicitly in the books and in all of the films that success cannot come in strength of arms. It has to come through stealth. And they say it over and over and over again. And they so much so that they consider giving the ring to fucking Bombadil and not the not the Eagles at the council. Like it's not like yeah. they didn't explore some crazy options here, like in that chapter, and uh, and they don't do it. And it's because they know that it can't be done that way. It has to be done through stealth. So first of all, that second of all, what Andrew said earlier, which is that the Eagles work for Manway, and Manway has said nobody gets to do this directly. It's the same reason Gandalf doesn't take the ring to Mordor. Same reason Manway himself doesn't come and fucking take the ring to Mordor, because he could. No problem. They absolutely could. Okay. So they're just, because the, in, for reasons that we will discuss in depth in the Silmarillion, the gods have learned their fucking lesson and they are not tinkering on that level again. So that's a big part of it, that they're, they're under orders specifically not to. And the times I mean, that they have helped before, it's not to do stuff like this. I think there is another aspect, and I, I don't know if this is a direct quote or not, because, yes, long story short, the Eagles can talk. But 
the, yeah. I don't remember if this is exact quote or not by quite here, but he, they are not beasts of burden. Okay. Like yeah. they, I, I think he specifically says that, but they, they're not there to just do whatever the fuck they're told. Okay. So these are like, this is a proud race of like super intelligent, arguable demigods. Like this isn't some, you know, basic thing where you just tell them what to do. Like the other, the other thing that I just want to like make clear here to like kind of drive down the point is like, okay, let's think about, let's think about this, right? They get on the Eagles. Okay. They start going over fucking Mordor. Okay. Not only do they have to fight the Felbies, okay, but they have to stay high because if they go too low, they're going to get peppered with arrows. They have to avoid all the artillery. They have to avoid all the crazy shit that Sauron himself can do, okay? And they have to avoid the ejecta from Mount Doom. They have to do all of that. Then they have to drop off Frodo and Sam who have to go in to Mount Doom. Yeah, you and have then to go have to, in the cracks of doom. You don't just fly yeah. over the volcano. You have to actually no, no, no. Like, you have land to go, in, go there. in there. Yeah. yeah. Like so this is, this is <laughs> not like, if you about. think about this practically, it doesn't <laughs> actually make sense. Can you imagine so, like, what mess would be on them if they tried to pull over to toss the ring? And of course, like oh, no, who's going to yeah, be able to I just throw it. the ring? Like, remember that too. It's not as though Frodo fucking succeeded. Frodo fails. Yeah. And I know that he's in a much different situation in the canon than he would have been if they had just flown there in a couple of days. I understand that. But still, Isildur didn't just throw the ring. I don't see anybody walking in there and being like, no problem. Like Nobody was going to toss the ring in the fire. Nobody. That's the point. No, it's so- just, it is, it is not only impractical, but there are specific reasons that they don't just do that. It's like... Yeah. There are, I just hate when you see it online and like, I know somebody like you understands that's why you're asking that like, it's not just some plot hole, but like, I hate when I see it online that they think it's some plot hole. And I'm like, no, it's not. There are very clear and specific reasons why that didn't happen. It's not like Tolkien didn't just was like, you know, sitting there one day, you know, 10 years after he wrote Lord of the Rings and was just like, oh fuck, what about the Eagles? Like, no, this is this was no, right? we didn't like okay. forget didn't think he was about just that. Like, oh shit, I forgot I had them. No, it's like no, so explicit in everything. All of the reasons why it wouldn't work is like so glaring. It's like, yeah, why would you try to do that? Like that's rid- and of course they wouldn't do it. And I think part of the reason that people think the eagles would help is because in the third age, they, it seems like they do a lot because they help Gandalf out like three times, right in. Don't they? Don't they show up three times? Yeah. So, they, so the there's there's when they, they pick the him up. They, they pick, pick him, him up the off the tower. Up. They pick him up off the tower, and then they pick Frodo and Sam up at the end. Okay, but no, so no, no, no. Twice but they, in rings, but and twice in the Hobbit. No, 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 no. They show up another time in the rings. They also so when Gandalf comes oh, back as Gandalf from the Zierig White. Ziggle. Yes. Well, when he shows back up as Gandalf the White, they carry him off the tower as well. I mean, off the top of the mountain. So when he fights the Balrog and he fights, you know, up the, you know, up the mountain, he they pull Gandalf off the off the top of that as well. Yeah, as, so, Ziggle in yeah. Moria. That's where they. T- that's you're absolutely right, and that is like it's funny. Like it's people are like they show up, they help all the time, and I'm like, 
That's the most fucking Manway approved thing I've ever heard of in my life. Manway sent him back, brought him back to life and sent him to Xerixigal and Galadriel asked uh, Guahir to go see what the fuck went down because that when everybody gets to Lothlorien and tells Galadriel that Gandalf's dead, she's like, okay, okay. And she goes and talks to Guahir and she's like, yo, will you go to the top of Xerixigal and see if we're good? Yeah, and you do have to, and, and this is, and that is super important because you re remember every time the Eagles are involved, Gandalf is around. Is around. What is the other thing that I just that I talked about way earlier? Manway and the Eagles, and Gandalf, all this all, same boss. Okay, the Eagles yeah, and Gandalf. Right, it's all the same, same boss. boss. So, so anything Gandalf's allowed to do, they're allowed to do. Like it's all, and the Eagles ostensibly talk to Manway quite a lot more often than Gandalf. You get that impression that they, they get orders from him. Manway's like the god of the wind, right? Like the eagles fucking connect with him. Like they they take orders in way more real time than Gandalf does. So yeah, I would imagine they, can, they would. Yeah, so they can say like, yo, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe you should go pick Gandalf up or whatever. And then the other times that they help out with the exception of five armies, which is like again kind of a hobbitism like sure they show up in five armies and save the day or whatever but it's like the stuff that they do is pretty low impact you know like rescuing um rescuing bilbo and the dwarves from the wolves is not them interfering that's something they can like make their own call right they can be like yeah. oh jesus christ and gandalf's there and he's like can you hook us up and it's like yeah but but then when you look at something like rescuing Gandalf off of the top of Orthanc, again, super Manway approved, because at that point, that's the confirmation that Gandalf is the last Istari on task, which means he does get special good boy privilege points for the rest of the story. I oh, also, th I, I get this, and I do not think this is canon, okay? So I'm just, I'm spitballing here, okay? But I imagine, as I feel like this is reasonable to assume, that since they are all direct followers of Manway that the Eagles and Gandalf would have a special relationship as well. Totally. Like they, they would probably be closer than, you know, most other, let's say, you know, a star or whatever it may be. Not a, not a star. That's a bad example, but Manway is, is the direct, you know, essentially boss is a terrible word, but essentially boss of that's, both of them. Correct. So that's when you accurate. see, well, yeah. So when you see the Eagles, Manway's you see boss Gandalf. Of everyone, he's Zeus. Yeah, right? like, but yeah, but you you get the point. Like they they have a very close relationship. Like when you see the Eagles, like I said, as far as I'm aware, it's essentially. Is there any time the Eagles act that Gandalf is not involved? I don't think there is. Not in the third age. In the first age, they it, show up right, to, to do some rescuing of like with some like a lot of there's a lot of honor involved. And it's like they rescue. It's, it's something they take uh, Fingolfin's corpse to yeah. to Gondolin to be buried like they do some cool shit of their own volition in the first age. But in the first age, that's before they had any mandate. So the shit they do then is like, it's still all about rescue and honor, but they did not have a mandate until after Numenor. That's when everybody got their mandate to stop yeah, fucking around. Because they were like, oh shit, look what happened. <laughs> so, they, <laughs> so that's when oh, the shit. mandate came down. Fuck. But so, so anyway, that's why they don't 
play around much. And yeah, the other times that's, that's it in the third age. It's always with Gandalf. And, and so I think people get the impression that it's like Gandalf can tell them to do whatever. And it's, you know, no, that's not how they work. They, they're on Gandalf's level basically. So if anything, they probably consider themselves above that. And Gandalf certainly treats them that way. Yeah. Look, look at the way he interacts with them is always with like the utmost respect. Yeah. Like they are like, the top of the food chain of everything that we see in terms of reverence above Galadriel yeah. or Elrond, I'm sure. Hell yeah, dude. I'm fucking here I'm sure for Galadriel that. treated them with respect. I love the Galadriel immediately was just like, cool, when they said Gandalf was dead. She's like, sure, guys, have a nice grieving song. And she's like, oh, I don't think that's the case. Will someone go to the mountain? <laughs> and he's there. Gandalf misses them by like 48 hours when he comes to Lothlorien when he gets rescued by Gwahir. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Dude, it's I cannot like a day. Literally even talking about that whole battle just it vaguely reminds me of the battle between Gandalf and the Balrog Durin's Bane and I absolutely am like I I am so hyped to talk about that. Like I I Hope to be back for the fellowship discussion, and oh, oh you absolutely will be. Yeah. And oh boy, yeah. I have so much to say about that. I I know. Well, clearly, because we did a really bad job of talking about this movie, but a really good job of talking about everything that's kind of happening around the Hobbit. Which there's so little that happens in the Hobbit that I think that that's appropriate. And this movie, let's face it, isn't great. Um, <laughs> the only thing that we haven't White touched on is Smaug, and I think we can kind of do that in villain ratings and start to wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we have anything else we wanted to add before we do that? No, I'm I'm good on uh, on that. Andrew, do you have anything? I'm just here to answer questions, my guy. I'm not, I'm I'm not even the <laughs> I'm not even human. Um, I'm just a ghost. I think we got there, um, and it, it's maybe even less than three hours, which would be great. <laughs> Yeah, we're only at an hour. Seriously? Um, it's like an hour and a half. Oh, like it feels like it's been two. I was like, do we have yeah. to wrap it up? All right. No, we do. Well, like, we should. We should, um, but also we have time to talk about Smaug a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like, I loved Broccoli Barn uh, in Cumbersome Batch a lot for like the way that he uh, like voiced Smaug in the live action one. Mm-hmm. This was just awful. I hate the way he looks. He looks like a fucking cat. Um, he does. But also, the guy who did the voice acting for him sounds like he was just reading a piece of paper with the lines on it like 10 minutes before this movie had to go to fucking print. He was just Dude, like, barrel writer, lovely titles, bruh. He sounds like, like a fucking cowboy too. Like he does. The, well, the, the guy thing. that played him was a cowboy, so he dude starting to fuck with a cowboy movie. You know what are you doing in my mountain, pilgrim? Like, yeah, dude, I, I was just like <laughs> the whole thing was really confusing to me. I, I don't know how I feel about all that. <laughs> I that's basically what he was. I gave him, I gave him like a two because I was like, first of all, the audio mixing for him is awful. There were like four scenes where it shows he's supposed to be growling, but there's literally no audio at all. It's just a face of a dragon going, but there's no sound coming out of his mouth. I don't know why I made that noise. Like you guys could fucking see what I was doing, but no, I get it. I get it. (laughs) I feel like 
I, for me, it is a million percent impossible to separate this imagery from the book. It's just impossible for me. And so this I is what Snaub know. looks like to you. No, that's the funny thing. No, because I have since obviously grown out of this. I mean, it's it like, again, like check out my Instagram. Like this book is fucking big. This was not yeah. practical. So as soon as I realized there was such a thing as Lord of the Rings and became, you know, Even like more a couple obsessed. years after I had read it, like I had smaller copies of this with right. me and. I mean, I hadn't seen this copy of the book in decades and got it a couple of years ago at my sister's place at Christmas. I was like, oh, my God, can I take that? And she was like, yeah, I put it aside for you. And I was like, oh, your sister's place at Christmas. We just went over that in the rescuers. Like, I I know. I know. (laughs) Courting danger. It was that same (laughs) Christmas. I went home with not only Bianca, but the Hobbit. Oh, my God. The Hobbit, she knows I have. But... (laughs) Um, but you know, I hadn't seen this in forever. So no, this is not how I picture any of this, but when I see it, I can't not experience right the first time that I experienced Tolkien that like literally changed my life. Like I fucking love Tolkien. <laughs> and so I, I can't I really can't separate it. So even though I know it's objectively bad, I can't separate this smog from book smug and so i gave him like a seven or something right i gave him some stupid rating no i gave him an eight and it's just like like smug should be like like turn it up to 11 for me like if we were just reviewing the book oh yeah if we were going by the book fuck no dude i would be way more into this shit i would be like smug is so fucking dope he's got some of the sickest lines in the world yeah, he does. Like the interaction with Dildo, he's fucking like he is so menacing. But then he kind of like dies in a lame way in all, every version of this. He kind of just like Bard is the worst. Like Bard is just nobody in the book. Bard is like some random asshole with an arrow who's like, and oh, the, dude, the sparrow okay. tells him to shoot at the chink. I'm the fucking sparrow glad has that you said that shit. Character arc. Bro, he fucking straight up gives. I swear to God, I thought halfway through this, I was watching a Muppet movie. Because the yeah. Muppet movie loves to do this thing where they're like, it's plot exposition. It has to go somewhere. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we, dude, like the first time they see Bard, Bard's like, I'm going to talk to myself. Oh, there's one of my black arrows. You've never failed me. And I've always recovered you. And then he just fucking shoots it. And I'm like, what the hell kind of explanation was that? Yeah, no, they in in the book, it's the the rush. The bird is like watches the dwarves and is like hanging out and watching everything that's going on. And then it's not like in the cave, though, even the animated movie like tries to do better than the book, like unless I'm remembering it wrong in the book, the thrush is just there like when they figure out how to get in. And it mentions that they, you know, once could speak to men and stuff and that some of them still could and take messages to the mountain or some bullshit. Connection then, to Manway. Yeah, right. Lord and of the then, Air. Uh, and then later when the dragon's attacking, like a random bird, like or that same bird flies up to Bard and is like, look at his chest. It doesn't have any armor. And Bard's like, oh, yeah. And he shoots it and the dragon dies. And it's but. The cool, like, as lame as that is, the really cool thing in the book after Smaug dies is that when he falls in the water, it's like for hundreds of years later, you could see the dragon's body and, like, no one dared go into the lake even to retrieve the gems that are still down there that were, like, encrusted into his body. No one would go. 
Because it's the dragon. Because it's He's like the, the evil spirit. Because think about what a dragon is, right? It's these evil godlike spirits. That so it's like super haunted. Okay, so with that, I'm going to ask one final question. This is my absolute all-time final question, and it's because we didn't get Andrew's rating on Smash. Oh, right. I'm sorry, Andrew. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so the way my position on this is that he says my favorite lines. You know, my, you know, my teeth are like daggers. My, you know, wings are like hurricanes. He so. All right. I feel conflicted, but I gave him a five. And the reason I gave him a five is yes, objectively, it, he looks like trash. His voice acting yeah. is trash. Yeah. My God, I love Smaug. I, I just, Smaug, I yeah. love him right? so much. He is, he's so scary. And like, I remember I, there, I don't have a lot of memories of the first time I read this because it was just kind of like a blur of reading. But I yeah, have you this did it like, less than a fucking day. No, but like I have this very specific memory, okay? And like we're going to get a little sentimental here, but I have this very specific memory of sitting on this kind of like patio she had, my great aunt in the backyard, and it looked out over the desert and again, she lived on a hill, so you could see like pretty far. Right. And she didn't back up to the city, she backed up to the desert, and I remember just first reading about Smaug and reading his lines and just feeling like I wasn't scared. I was like, I think it was one of the first times where I started to appreciate. I don't, I wasn't there yet. I didn't understand it was horror, but like that, like rush of fear that makes something cool. And I remember yeah. reading that and I was sitting out there and I just, I read those lines and I was like, holy shit, dude, this thing is like scary. Yeah. And I, it's one of the few memories I have from that house that like really sticks to me. And again, she died like th- three years later. I think I only saw her like two or three times. She lived like, you know, four or five hours from me. So it's like, I think I associate smaug really heavily with like such a and this is a good time in my life so like i associate that really heavily with that and i I just can't get rid of it i i absolutely love smaug he is just such a good villain and he is so evil but in but clever and in all the right ways and he just the way he speaks yeah is just incredible to me and so despite the fact that this version of Smaug is awful, I still, I still, I couldn't give him anything less than a five. I That's fair. Yeah, I can respect I, that. That's where I got my eight. Cause like, and you know, it's why despite them being utter fucking garbage, we all have seen the live actions multiple times because you could only do so wrong by the Hobbit story. It just is good. Yeah. It just is good. Like there's, it's, it's, no matter how hard you try to fuck it up, and they keep trying to fuck it up so hard. Like both of the versions of this and that have been committed to film are just well, yeah, and like so bad, and yet it's still like, but we still kind of love it, right? Well, and they can't. They, a lot, these movies always make me come out with like way more questions, like with the live it's action okay. Hobbit. I know, and that it like it made me want to keep reading, and that's actually like a 
one of the main reasons I'm thankful that I'm friends with Andrew is Andrew has that same like insatiability for wanting to know more about something. Like he and I are, he knows more about it than I do, but he and I are super into Warhammer lore and like Lord of the Rings lore. And like he and I will discuss it because I know stuff about like Morgoth and like Sauron was like the forger and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he, like loved order and stability and structure and shit. And then Morgoth was like, bro, let me tell you like some crazy shit. Um, but evil. Yeah. But then vampire Lord, wait till you see Sauron when he's a vampire. And also like, what the fuck? Oh, you'll, you have stuff to learn. Like apparently Sauron is one of the great werewolves, right? I, I did not know okay, that. Okay, hold on, hold on, don't do it, don't do it. We're no, trying to wrap but, up, don't yeah, do it. But, don't. Like, but yeah, though, right? Like, just, but, but like, yes or no, it's more yes than no. Yeah. Exactly, that was my yeah. thing, like, I'm walking like, out of it, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, who the fuck is the necromancer? And why are they like, yo, necromancy's, like, not a good thing? When was the last yeah. time they saw necromancy? Why did they never actually show necromancy happening in the fucking movies? Or he the doesn't, it's just the name they give him. It's just it's Sauron. It's it's oh. just him. It's just him being in there being evil and being all nested up, being like, Oh, I'm gonna be the baddest bad guy ever that was a bad guy and like hanging out there until Gandalf shows up and is like, Fuck you and then he goes to Mordor and, and things escalate and then we've seen all seen that trilogy. I have seen that trilogy. Yeah, that's how he gets there is because of all the bullshit that happens in the live action Hobbit and is talked about in the appendix of the Lord of the Rings that they brought out and made a whole movie out of is that Gandalf dips out on the dwarves to go like that's the whole thing. He's out he's just he's getting Sauron out of Dol Guldor and Mirkwood. But I love Mirkwood. I have a license plate that says Mirkwood that I made my dad get when I was in middle school. That's I still have it. Um I'll tell you what, Lindsay, you brought us in here. I'm gonna let you take us out of here because this was your yeah. movie. This was your show. But I will I say this. Coming out of this, I did learn a lot from this episode. Andrew, I really appreciate you being here. It it means a lot that there are people who want to like come on and actually share the stuff that they know. And it, it is you obviously you are going to be back for quite a few episodes. Um, oh yeah, Andrew will be my cheering partner for Rogue One as he was in the theater with me. Oh my god, <laughs> love Rogue One. That's Bro, my favorite. I, at Lindsay, seriously, there's a time in my life after starting this podcast that I wish you could have been with me during a pop culture thing. It's sitting next to Andrew and I in that movie. You, th- if you think I have a lot to say about freaking the Balrog versus Gandalf, wait Dude. till you get me on the importance of the Vader scene in Rogue One. Oh my god, I have a it's... lot to say. I can't wait. I because that's something I don't know that much about, but I really like Star Wars. But yeah, so dude, I can't wait to get there. It's gonna be good is... times. I am. Yeah. Vi- I'm always. I'm happy to be here, man. You know, uh, you're you're fucking one of my best friends. I love you. Be here whenever you want. I love it, dude. Yeah. And well, and here I'll I'll start taking this out of here, Lindsay. I'm sorry. Um, Don't be. Andrew will be back. Came in and talk so much today. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, Andrew will be back for the Halloween episode, which I'm very excited for. Um, we're gonna be talking also. You know what, guys? Like, we've been talking about her so much. I give her so much shit on this podcast, but we're finally going to bring my mom on this podcast. Thought you were going to say Amanda. No, Amanda, dude, uh, seriously, if there's anybody, Amanda is my fucking chase. Like, yes. (laughs) I want her on the Halloween episode so fucking bad because we had to literally, my brother in law and I 
almost had to pick her up to get her in the theater just to see the first it. It was rough, dude. Oh my but God, no, so we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have Mama Simer, the Mama Simer, on here. She's gonna be hooking it up with some of her favorite scary movies. We're gonna have our very good friend Ben. Uh, Andrew will be back. My best friend from twenty something years, uh, Matt, will be on here. I can't believe I forgot his name. That's fucked up. Um, That's but yeah, good. you're I'll spewing you. a lot of names. It gets hard to put them all in order. I know. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, take it away, Lindsay. What are we? Um, yeah, so, okay, so we're going to have the Halloween episode out, I think, will be the next thing that comes out after this, right? I don't know. I'm like, help me out. What is coming out after this episode? Let me grab the calendar, guys. We're so prepared. I'm trying to do that. professional. I know, I'm such an asshole. Well, I was having technical issues, which I'm sure will be. So the next one that we're going to have out is going to be the Muppet movie. Oh God, you're right. Yeah, the Muppet movie yeah. will come out, and then um, and then we'll have the Halloween episode available on Friday the 29th. That is correct. Um, but then after that, we're going to be going into the 80s over here, which is going to be pretty wild. So get stoked. Um, yep. We have a t- actually kind of a lot of listener feedback in our inbox right now to get to. Hell so yeah. we will do that. Yeah. Um, but today was going to be kind of long. So for those of you who are in the inbox, we will be getting to that. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to have Dune out as well. Relatively soon. That'll be out on like the first, probably. Um, Cause yeah. I think that gives plenty of time. And then we're going to be moving into empire and then into all the other 80s stuff. So there's going to be a lot of John Hughes out there. So hell Gen yeah. Xers. Get ready. It's your time. We're here to honor you as millennials <laughs> to, to review some of your shit and we're going to see how it goes. So hopefully we're going to have some Gen Xers on, I think is some of what um, yeah. we have in our inbox. We're going to have some Gen X guests as we go into some of this John Hughes stuff in the 80s. So stick with us. Subscribe wherever you guys listen to podcasts. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts. Um, leave us a review. Check in with us on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. There's all kinds of exciting shit happened there. The Wheel of Time is coming. Hawkeye is coming. So close. November's going to be fucking wild. Dude, um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Behind Timeline and send us that feedback. Let us know if you agree, if you disagree, if you want to hop onto an episode. Um, if I fucked up a Tolkien fact tonight, I'm sure at least something wasn't right. Let me know what it was at Go Behind the Timeline at Gmail. <laughs> And until we see you guys next time, stay nerdy. See you guys. Yep.